Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. <laughs> Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho, what is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head, 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life. Mm-hmm. And you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hello and welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, Dwayne England, Tommy Donlan, coming to you from the Fish Hunt Northwest studio located here in a very wet Olympia, Washington. Yeah, and there is just... No relief in, in the forecast at all. We are going to get into the weather a little bit later in, in uh, throughout the show. And uh, yes, you're right. The atmospheric river is once again upon us. Yes. Rivers are going to rise. Uh, Got to take a little sideline approach to any type of river fishing in the very near future. Yeah, so no doubt. I want to welcome everybody to the show. <clears throat> Excuse me. If the first time you're joining us here on Root Sports, please take some time, jump over to our webpage, www.fishhuntnw.com. There you're going to find a couple of coupon codes to take advantage of. FHN20 for all edge rods at checkout. You're going to save 20% on all our edge rods all the time through Fish Hunt Northwest at checkout. FHN20 if the rods are not already previously attached to another reduced pricing or special. And then, of course, Phelps Game Calls, Fish Hunt NW10 at checkout. You'll save 10% on all Phelps calls for the entire year. So getting into... You know, getting ready for the show this week, Tommy, we had a significant event out there at Waco. Yes, we did. Waco, very yes, sad. We did. Uh, they lost the uh, the landing facility, which is where the landing where they bring in all the crab and other mm-hmm. other uh, fisheries throughout the year, and destroyed by fire, horrendous fire this week, right? Yeah, and, unreal. Uh, fortunately, nobody was hurt. Um, unfortunately, crab season starts next week, and they were yep. lining all those up, getting inspections done, licenses ready to go. They lost pots, thousands of pots. Yeah. They lost licensing. They lost a whole lot, and. Um, you know, a lot of money went up in flames there, and the folks are rallying around the, yeah. the fishermen there out of El Waco. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's amazing when you think of the cost of a pot. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, in, in excess of $150, $200 a pot. You're talking well over $100,000 mm-hmm. worth of pots was lost in that fire. And um, the good news, though, is that WDFW and other organizations are, are really working together to replace those pots Correct. and to expedite the licenses to get the crabbers back on the water. Which is key. they got to have the licensing. And not only that, but the good folks out there, Iwaka Tuna Club mm-hmm. and others, you know, Dustin Green, Mark White, those boys are all uh, organizing. And they have a GoFundMe um, set up. Mm-hmm. And you can simply Google GoFundMe, the fishermen who lost pots in Iwaka fire. And it pops right up. And uh, I took that slide, I think, yesterday, uh, messaging with, uh, with Dustin Green this evening. They're well over $103,500. They're, 
their goal now is yeah. 150,000 to replace the equipment and get these uh, the fishermen back out on the water mm -hmm. and you know get us our Dungeness crab to market, right? Yep. That's what this all comes down yep. to. And it, you love little communities like that that really uh, beholden what it is to to keep those fisheries going, yeah. and everybody rallies around those folks to get them back right. to work. Yeah, and the cool thing here is that you've got fishermen. Period. Right? You don't have it's not commercials versus sport fishermen, yeah. right? Yes. So Waco Tuna Club, obviously a sport fishing, recreational, yep. You know, club yep. that you're helping out the commercial crabbers, right? For and sure. So anytime we can band together across all user groups, it's just a yes. good story. Yeah. Yep. So please check that out. Google GoFundMe the fishermen who lost pots at the Owaco fire. It pops right up, and please help them out if you can. All right. Running down the show as we get into it, Thomas. Uh, well, I mentioned it last week, Senate Joint Resolution 8208. In my interview with the sponsor of the bill, Senator Keith Wagner. We're going to show you that. And then, of course, part two with Senator Wagner and why this is an important resolution that we all need to get behind and support. Uh, also, then I uh, painstakingly watched the public hearing in the Senate Committee on Agriculture, Water, Natural Resources, and Parks. That's a hefty title. On Monday, as I mentioned, as they took open public comment, man, we are under attack. And yes, you and I are. are going to break that down to really educate you guys as to what's going on there. Uh, guest with us this evening, Chase Gunnell. You guys know him. He has been on the show before. Communications manager with WDFW will join us. Tommy, the Skagit and the Sock are opening for catch and release steelhead. And Chase has all the details. This is pretty exciting. Then part two with Chase. What else is going on up there in North Puget Sound? Do I dare say broodstock programs, Mr. Donlin? Yep, programs you may not even know exist. We're going to break those down for you. And then a reminder uh, in the news as of late, things are going to change. And doggone it, here comes another atmospheric river, as we mentioned at the start of the show. And then we'll close out the show uh, once we get through all that content. So don't go anywhere. Hopefully you're enjoying the feed here. Uh, as we get through it, we're going to jump out for a quick, quick break. And when we come back, you're going to see parts one and two with my interview, Senator Keith Wagner, on the resolution and constitutional, Washington constitutional language change. That's right. If we can get this in front yep. of the voters. Don't go anywhere. We'll see all that right here after this break. Fish Out Northwest. Defiance Marine is the one-stop shop for the Pacific Northwest Angler. Defiance Marine guarantees the best price on a new and best service on a repower for your current boat. Defiance Marine is a Honda premier dealership and one of the largest on the West Coast. Defiance Marine is a boat dealer who proudly sells Defiance, Allied, and Arima boats. All boats are built by West Coast fishermen for West Coast fishermen. Defiance Marine has all your boating needs to help you get out on the water. If you're looking for the best fishing rods in the world, you really do need to take a look at the edge rods. I designed and built new machinery and I think this new machinery has enabled us to build blanks like no other company could build without this equipment. There is no other rods in the world that are as good as these rods. You owe it to yourself to take a good look at them. All right, welcome back to the show. Hey, Dwayne England, Fish on Northwest. And uh, you may have noticed we're not sitting here in the studio. And uh, I'm actually in an office building here on the Olympia campus. The legislative session is in, and it is full-on go, 60-day session. Well, was invited to come here and visit with Senator Keith Wagner. And Senator, thank you so much for taking the time. 
mm -hmm. to meet with us tonight. I know you're extremely busy, so we're going to try to get through this and not keep you very long. So just Well, it's my pleasure to be here, and we'll take as long as you need. Oh, perfect. Well, this could be a couple hours. Stay tuned. No, um, seriously, we're here tonight. Talk about a uh, bill that you're introducing. Um, this one has kind of come up before. It's been discussed in, I would say, the halls of justice. And I, uh, I this one caught my attention uh, as an avid person who loves to fish and hunt, I try to pay attention to those things. And so we're talking about Senate Joint Resolution 8208. Now, um, what is this actually? And if you are one here in Washington State who's passionate about fishing and hunting, why is this one we should pay attention to? Well, first of all, I, I want to frame it up that I've been hunting and fishing my whole Perfect. life. And I think those are endeavors that keep young people involved and in nature, mm -hmm. and they're beneficial in so many ways. You learn how to get along in life and follow rules and, and handle equipment properly. Mm -hmm. So these are all important things that are part of the values of Washington State. Now a joint resolution is different mm -hmm. than a bill that would be passed into law in the legislature. The joint resolution goes to the people. Mm -hmm. and because it's a constitutional amendment, I think that's the right place for it. What this does is it enshrines our right in the Constitution to hunt, fish, and gather, as humans have done in Washington State since the beginning of man on the continent. And, um, you know, our Native Americans have this culture. Mm -hmm. We have this culture. But it wasn't in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And it came to me, I had not followed the history of this. Uh, a gentleman that lives up in my neck of the woods mm -hmm. in Alger was a neighbor okay. who took me hunting when I was a kid. Um, we're starting to see environmental groups and uh, animal rights groups and sometimes our own game commission essentially impinge on hunting and Correct. try to either reduce it or eliminate it, mm -hmm. um, whether that's by design or by accident, their policies are having that effect. Mm -hmm. So this friend of mine said, you know, I'm feeling threatened here. We're seeing what's going on with uh, uh, cougar season being maybe reevaluated and reduced. Yep. The spring bear hunt was a, a problem this year. Uh, we've got all kinds of hunting issues, and it seems like none of them ever go the citizens' way, at least the people who engage in that sport. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how the idea was formed. We should put it in the Constitution to, to give our game commission kind of a framework. This is what you're supposed to be working for. <laughs> yes. Hunting opportunities, right. fishing opportunities, and I put gathering in there because mm -hmm. it's kind of part of the and same trapping, thing. I think, is in there as well. Yes. I think trapping's in there as well. So, so uh, of course, um, leg traps are not allowed in Washington right. State. Correct. But, but types of traps that are allowed. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mm -hmm. really open this up, and it's not a threat to anybody. Mm -hmm. It's just capturing our right and saying, look, here it is, and enshrining it in the Constitution. It's a lot of what we're currently doing, right, under the mm -hmm. laws that we're given to go ahead and perform these opportunities when they're given to us. And... Uh, you're right, enshrining it uh, as a constitutional right, which is a significant change. But first, I want to kind of back up. Um, looking online at the bill as it's written now or the resolution, it seems to have pretty good bipartisan support. Was it a very tough sell across the other side of the aisle, or is it kind of being uh, you know received on on uh, good merit? Yeah, well, it was really nice to see support from the other side mm -hmm. of the aisle. I did not shop this bill at all. Gotcha. Uh, so they come out on a list. 
that means people had to find it. Sure. And it, I didn't want to pressure people. Gotcha. I think that it stands on its own merits. Yeah. And those folks that are supporting it volunteered. Uh, and I'll tell you this, I was sensitive to the fact that, you know, we have to be careful when it comes to uh, tribal rights. Correct. And I went to some of my local tribes, and a lot of times, you know, it seems like there's this kind of us-them mentality. Mm -hmm. That should not be the case with hunting, fishing, and gathering. And I got some really good support, I think, okay. uh, from folks that I represent from the tribes, because this is an important right to them gotcha. as well. And that's something I think is really important mm -hmm. to maintaining our fishing and hunting rights. We need to start working together as a group instead of, you know, kind of splitting it and and fighting amongst ourselves because that's not good for the sport and it gives the other side the advantage. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, we've seen on a number of occasions when the co-managers and DFW uh, jointly come together on certain uh, items or areas that is more successful for everybody. And it is and removes that us versus them kind of mentality. So I'm glad to hear you say that. I think that's important. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, let's talk about the process. So as you had stated earlier, maybe it was in our previous conversation, you know, this isn't a bill, this is a resolution. We're talking about changing language in the Washington State Constitution. So kind of walk us through that process, ultimately what it takes to get it before the voters of Washington State. Right, so it will follow the same path mm -hmm. as, a, as a bill, except that when it gets to comes out the other end, mm -hmm. fingers crossed, <laughs> Yeah, um, the, it will go on the ballot. So the, the first part of it is it has to be heard in a policy hearing. Mm -hmm. And this time it's going to be heard in Ag and Natural Resources, a committee that I sit on. Correct. I have been scheduled fair hearing, so I'm grateful to the chair, That's uh, exciting. Senator yeah. Kem Vandaway, because he doesn't have to hear it. No, he can reject and, it. Yeah. Um, he's willing to hear it. And I think it helps that we have a, some bipartisan sponsorship on it. It will go before the committee. Uh, we'll get a hearing. I'm hoping that some of your listeners are going to weigh in, mm -hmm. and uh, you can do that remotely or you can do it in person. Correct, yep. So I'm hoping to get a lot of positive support. Mm -hmm. Then the chair will decide whether we're going to exec it out, and, and that's when you hold the vote. Um, people vote thumbs up, thumbs down. If it passes, then it goes to the next committee, which gotcha. is the rules committee. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a fiscal impact, so this won't go to ways and means. It, gotcha. it, it should go straight to rules if I understand the process correctly, <laughs> I and I don't do. always do. Oh, I think you do, yeah. Then it'll get to the floor, mm -hmm. there'll be a vote. Hopefully uh, we will pass it up over to the House, there'll be a vote, and then off she goes. The yeah. Secretary of State will put it on the ballot and the people get to decide. And I'm repeating myself, but constitutional amendment, the people ought to be deciding. Yeah. I have an opinion and I know what I want, but I think the people of Washington State deserve to vote on this. Sportco, an outdoor emporium, is the largest local outfitter in the Northwest since 1975, providing thousands of people affordable outdoor gear. This summer, Make your next outdoor adventure more affordable by shopping at our warehouse-style pricing. We are a local Scotty dealer, offering sales, service, and repair. Located in Fife and Seattle, come visit us today. The outdoors await you.
I have an opinion and I know what I want, but I think the people of Washington State deserve to vote on this. Uh, the, the great takeaway here is that uh, we recognize, and the numbers move around a little bit, but you know, three, three and a half percent of the population of Washington State actively hunt or participate in hunting. And this is based off of license sales. Mm-hmm. 10 to 11%, now we saw an uptick during COVID, license sales for participants in fishing went up and then it's kind of bumped back down, you know, after things kind of settled back to normalcy. But um, the good news is that if, not if, when, this gets in front of the people, when this comes to a ballot near you and the, and the people of Washington State get to vote on it, there's actually, and correct me if I'm wrong, 70 to 75% of the citizens of Washington State um, actually, uh, you know, approve in uh, those that partake in hunting or would support the activity of hunting and fishing, even if they don't participate. So the, the, the percentage of folks that would support that type of activity is quite a bit higher than actually those that participate in it, which is, you know, and we're talking about, you know, legal methods and all those things that they've stipulated, but um, the overwhelming support by the majority of folks in Washington state say, yeah, we should be able to do that. Much like we should be able to go hiking and much, you know, we should be able to ride mountain bikes on trails and not everybody does everything, but if we can have a certain select group that enjoys doing these things and we have a larger group of folks in Washington that support that, to me, that says, man, let's get this thing to a ballot because I think it will have a lot of support. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. A lot of people don't hunt. Sometimes I go a year or two without, without hunting, hunting or fishing. Finding time, Because I'm, yeah. I'm a busy guy. Right. And, uh, but lots of people support it, mm-hmm. and it's a valuable tool. Keeps young people occupied and doing good things. Correct. Um, you know, much like uh, youth sports, if they're involved in something wholesome, they're not involved in something, you know, damaging and dangerous. Right. And we've got enough of those choices in yes, our society right now. You're right. Uh, that that we don't need any more. I think this will be successful if it gets mm-hmm. to the ballot, and I think it may also kind of motivate people, act as a catalyst, so more people participate. Because mm-hmm. the numbers going down, people who buy licenses, fishing licenses, and hunting licenses, and ammunition that actually funds the uh, conservation and the management of wildlife, that's a problem with it the is. decreasing numbers. It is. So there's only two ways to fix that. Mm-hmm. You either raise prices, that never works because <laughs> that makes people less inclined. Correct. Um, or you, you lower barriers and you get people more mm-hmm. interested. Recruitment. Uh, exactly. Right, recruitment. And, and I know that uh, Department of Fish and Wildlife sometimes struggles with funding. Mm-hmm. And it's very instinctual to want to, well, we'll raise rates, we're going to get more money. But there's a a law of diminishing returns. Oh, yeah. And I'm an example of that. Mm -hmm. I used to buy a fishing license every year, get the whole package, I might go fishing. (laughs) Now I buy a license when I know I'm going fishing. fishing, And that is true of many, many people. I guarantee it is. There's a lot of people. I mean, we renew our annual licenses in April. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wait till we find out if we're getting some of those summer Chinook openers on Puget Sound or if my rivers are going to open in the fall or whatnot. So it's become more of a waiting game to see what we're going to get mm-hmm. before I'm going to invest in the opportunity versus investing in the opportunity only to find out my favorite three fisheries are closed once again. And that's become a reoccurring scenario here that a lot of people are getting frustrated with. So I think you're spot on with that. And, and I want to help Fish and Wildlife and I want to help the Game Commission right. realize that our mission is to build interest mm-hmm. in this area. 
and that that's going to help everybody. It's going to help wildlife management. It's going to help our youth. Um, it's going to help our tribal members, All and it. it's going to help us uh, across the board. Yeah. Okay, real quick before we finish up here, what can persons tuning in and getting online and following the progression of this bill, what can they do to assist moving it forward and make sure we have a positive outcome? So you can go to the Washington State Legislator website and you can look up the bill by number mm -hmm. and you can testify. You can either write a note or just click that you um, endorse or don't endorse the mm -hmm. bill. Mm -hmm. Or the more important thing is you can provide written testimony or you can be in person or by video. Mm -hmm. And they have links to do that. Absolutely. So I know it's it's a little bit complicated, but it's being made much easier because you can testify remotely. Correct. And that testimony holds weight with all of your legislators down there. We're, we're trying, I think, to make <laughs> our constituents happy. Think, yeah. We want to know what they have to say. Mm -hmm. And the more people that support this, the more likely it is to get across the finish line. Well, we're going to do our best here at Fish on Northwest to continue to help educate the folks out there following mm -hmm. our program uh, each and every week. And we'll stay apprised of the progress of this. And when the hearings come up and whatnot and people can uh, weigh in on it, we'll make sure we get those links on our social media platforms, on our webpage, and get the information out to make it easy for folks to navigate and follow exactly what you and your constituents are doing as we try to move this forward. So I want to thank you for uh, taking the opportunity to present this and get it out there and really work for us behind the scenes and enshrine our opportunity to fish and hunt. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, and I thank you for coming here. Absolutely. Senator Wagner, thank you so much. All right, we are going to jump out for a quick break. Uh, we'll be back in the studio right after this. You haven't been here, but you know it. You've heard the sounds, smelt the air, and you've seen where your heart lands, if not yet. You haven't been here, but you've longed for a destination near or far, where time spent with loved ones and friends will go into the night and last in memories for a lifetime. You haven't been here, but you're on your way to a place not far. ExploreTheDowls.com. All right, welcome back here in studio to Wayne England, Tommy Donlin. And there you go, Thomas. That was an uh, interview with Senator Keith Wagner. What a, what a great gentleman. I mean, just took the time, explained it thoroughly, just a very, uh, you know, dedicated man to mm -hmm. the rights of fishing and hunting and really wants to see this thing move through. Yeah, so it's good to see like-minded individuals involved with their political process. So. Uh, 100%, yeah. yeah, and when you can get a senator that wants to you know, engage with you and have that conversation, Absolutely. I was like, I'm all in. So not only did I uh, go visit with him, as you saw, but I also paid attention to the public hearing that was held then the following Monday, because I mm -hmm. told him we were gonna stay on top of this and do everything we can to support it. So I watched that uh, Senate Committee on Agriculture, Water, Natural Resources, and Parks, a huge title, such a <laughs> yeah. huge title. But um, some of the takeaways, uh, and those of us that love to hunt and fish, better pay attention, man, because yeah. the opposition opposition is coming at us. Yeah, and it's it's unreal. Like, I'm, I'm going to read you some of the comments that came out of this meeting. Um, the first one is from Dan Paul, who is the Humane Society uh, director for Washington State. Okay, and I'm right. going to this is his quote that I'm going to give you. This resolution is simply protecting a dwindling faction of our population from a threat that does not exist. Mm -hmm. Hunting and fishing will continue as an activity for Washingtonians, whereas depriving Washington voters of our long-held rights is an actual threat 
that we face if this measure passes. Correct. Well, yeah. he's he's wrong about that because really there is a huge threat against our hunting and fishing. Absolutely. And we're going to see as we walk through a bunch of these comments that were made by these various groups, all the anti-hunting, yeah. how much they're attacking our rights to fish and hunt, more so on the yeah. hunt side. But truly, uh, he says it's going to you know impact the, the right to vote. This constitutional change goes in front of the voters. Right. The voters have the final right. say to say whether we want this or not. Yeah. So I'm not sure what he's talking about there. Yeah, I don't know. It, it gets better, though. I'm going to give you another quote. So this okay. one is from David Lynn, mm -hmm. uh, who is a board member with Washington Wildlife First. Okay. Um, he, you know, and I quote, there is no threat to person's right to fish and hunt. That's a lie. Again, yeah. Um, the protection of endangered species would be eliminated mm -hmm. and many species driven to extinction. That's an ex uh, interesting Another one. lie, very uh -huh. interesting. Yeah. We've operated, you know, in terms of game, we've, we've operated under the Western Game Management Model for very, yeah, yeah. very many years with sure. zero issue. Yep. Uh, he also goes on to state, any rules established by the Fish and Wildlife Commission could be rendered null. And uh, I would say not any rules, but I would hopefully some, right, as they attack fishing and hunting. Sure. And he goes on to say, hunting and fishing would devolve into a free-for-all with everyone grabbing what they can get. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, so ridiculous yeah. scare tactics coming from yeah. the opposition. David uh, cannot substantiate any of this, right? First of all, uh, and look right here, you don't do away with endangered species just because right. you make hunting and fishing a constitutional right of the citizens of Washington State. It's not like all those rules just disappear. It's right. like, ah, well, we tried to save them, and now we're done. Secondly, um, the, the, the commission would be rendered null. This is ridiculous. The commission... Yeah would now, uh, when it comes to writing policy, which right. is their job, their task. Yeah, that is their mission statement. To give direction yep. to the director and oversee fishing and hunting in the game, um, that they would have to adhere to language now in the Constitution. So they, they wouldn't be so easily pandered by outside agencies, petitions, right. hey, do our bidding, and you know now let's change face and do this and introduce a, uh, a preservation policy, yep. right, versus a conservation policy. So... A lot of this stuff is just, they're just throwing it against the wall to see what sticks. Right. There's no yep. basis behind this. Zero. And it was interesting to listen to their talking points, yep. and it, it, it continued. It continued right. throughout it, the yeah. entire morning. Yeah, and it gets even more heinous and asinine, I would <laughs> okay. say. Uh, so here, here's the next quote for you from Claire Davis, who is the president at Wildlife First. All and, right. and, and she states, hey, uh, they are not anti-hunting. Okay. I'm sorry, Claire. If you walk like a duck and you quack like a duck, you're, anti you're a duck and you are anti-hunting, okay? <laughs> Wildlife um, first, yes. Just, just own it. Mm -hmm. uh, she goes on to say the resolution would cripple conservation efforts. Again, throwing stuff at the wall, Correct. seeing what sticks. That's completely inaccurate. Yep. Uh, the reality is that hunting is not under threat in Washington State. I think that's also false. If you look, they've removed the spring bear hunt. They could care less about how our blues mountain elk are doing. Correct. Um, predation is out of control by some of our predators she goes on to say you know the numbers are dwindling at two to four percent i i i think here she's talking about us she's talking about the percentage of the people that in the state that fish yeah. and hunt yep and it's it's interesting i find this point very interesting because uh the humane society director also mentioned this and it's funny because these are the same folks that just beat the drum on diversity equity and inclusion mm -hmm. right and it's so important to protect these minority groups right mm -hmm. And when, in fact, we are the minority group, but it doesn't Correct. fit their agenda, right? right? And so now they're just saying, "Oh, it's such a small group of people." Just you mean stop, by more minority by the fact three percent of us? That's right. Hunt, right. That's and, right. And not to mention, she came out to say seventy-eight percent love. Yes. You know, seventy-eight percent support for non-consumptive wildlife. Right. 
viewing and, and watching. Well, let me tell you, uh, Claire, we have a 3% participation for hunting in Washington State for years. Yeah. The national average is 6%. Here in Washington, that's 280 to 300,000 folks and 1.2 million of us fish in a population of between 7.5 million and ticking upwards towards right. 8 million. Uh, nationwide hunting has been on the decline since 1960. Mm -hmm. That's not new news. Right. There's nothing new going on here. If we can maintain right now at 3% with how hard it is mm -hmm. to hunt and how hard it is to find open land and have opportunity, That's right? right. Uh, multiple mentions in support of the commission throughout this and all these talking points and these people coming out is they continue to go back to the commission and really rely yeah. on their ability to influence, Tommy, the commission in their decision-making, right. in their right. policy drive. Yeah, but right. as you guys think about this, I want you to think about that quote, and I want you to insert any minority group into that statement, right. into this conversation, and say, well, there's just so few of them. They, they, they don't matter. It doesn't that's, matter. That's what they're saying. Yep. Okay, so then Hannah Thompson-Garner goes on to say, um, and by the way, she's the director of advocacy for the Northwest Animal Rights Network in Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, it does not make sense to enshrine a hobby. Correct. That's what she says. Yeah, that's what she says. Uh, and, and according to her, that's what hunting is. Uh-huh. Um, respect the work that conservation in Washington State do who do not hunt. Hunting is not under attack. I'm sorry, Hannah, but if you call hunting a hobby, uh -huh. I have a problem with that because yeah. it is my heritage, right? Yeah, and it's our right. And hunting is a way of life and a choice for men. That's right. Right? And again, we'll back up. Three to six percent of the population hunt. You know why? Because it's hard. Yep. At the end of the day, it is hard to provide yourself and your family and your loved ones with nourishment and that type of, you know, clean, mm -hmm. pristine meat. The effort and the reward is well worth it for those willing to put in the work. Right. But I got to tell you, it is hard work. And we know for certain, year in and year out, so many tags go unfilled. So yep. many hunters are left with a great experience, but no meat on the table. Yep. They make it sound like it's a freaking bloodbath, and everybody's yeah, out there right. just willy-nilly. Like hey, it's a free-for-all. You go to the grocery store and you shoot the animal in a cage, right? So you yep. know their talking points, and uh, we have more to get through, but not enough time. Their talking points are on point. Hunting mm -hmm. is not under attack. Their rights are not under attack. It's a small faction right. of Washington State. Right. Pay no attention to them. They don't. They, they don't deserve their rights. Right. Well, we're here to tell you we're fighting hard on this thing, and we encourage everybody to continue to support mm -hmm. 8208. And uh, let's let's get it out of committee and move it on through the process and contact your local legislators and let them know what you think about this resolution and what the future holds for Washington State. Mm -hmm. Jumping out for a quick break, we come back. Chase Gunnell, longtime friend and been here in studio in the past. We're talking about the Skagit Sock Steelhead catch and release opportunity coming up right after this break right here at Fish and Northwest. Hey guys, I'm Big Mike. Come on down to the Edge Pro Shop and see me. We've got all the best brands under one roof. We've got Hawken, Procure, Shortbus, Pro Troll, Yakima Bait, Get em Dry Jigs, Northwest Bait Scent, Daiwa Reels, North Fork Lures, North Wild, Brad's, Superfly, Rocky Mountain Tackle, and of course, the greatest rods ever built, Edge Rods. Hello, welcome back. Fish on Northwest, winning with Tommy Dolan, and welcoming to the show now, uh, none other than Mr. Chase Gunnell. Uh, Chase is actually Tommy Communications Manager now with WDFW, mm -hmm. managing uh, a handful of teams, Montesano, Ridgefield, uh, Mill Creek, and also is uh, basically the Public Information Officer for North Puget Sound Region, doing a great job up there. Chase, welcome back to the program, buddy. Nice to see you. 
Hey guys, it's good to talk again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, good hey, to see you. We have a uh, we have an opportunity coming up, my friend. Finally, uh, waited all last year, never came together. This year, it looks like we definitely have an opportunity. Skagit and Sock Rivers are going to open for catch and release, wild steelhead. A few hatchery may dip in here from time to time. But let's face it, we're focused on the opportunity to catch and release on these wild fish. Uh, something to look forward to, you know. Uh, give us a little rundown on some of the rules of engagement for folks that want to participate in these fisheries. Yeah, we're really excited to make, announce this news. The fishery is going to be February 3rd through April 17th, five days a week. So that'll be Wednesday, or I'm sorry, Saturday through Wednesday only, closed Thursday and Friday. And we're looking at about the same forecast as last year, five, uh, 5,215 wild steelhead. So that's a decent run. It's not quite as high as what folks were seeing a few years ago during the Occupy Skagit days. But you know, the point here is a ton of work went into getting this fishery open, both by anglers and guides. I mean, a decade of, of advocacy work and then a lot of work by department scientists, uh, the National Marine Fisheries Service or NOAA Fisheries and our co-manager tribes. And so we've got a 10 year management plan in place now that went into effect last March. Nice. And we're excited mm -hmm. under that plan to open a fishery this winter. Fantastic. Um, yeah, perfect. So yeah, Chase, talk, talk a little bit more about the relationship between, you know, WFW and our, our co-managers. What does that working relationship, you know, look like? And when you talk about the run size, um, what does the co-manager take for this fishery uh, and, and what impact do they have on it? Yeah, and when you talk about the co-managers of the tribes, anyone that's worked with the tribes learns really quick that each tribe is different and Correct. even individual staffers or leaders within the tribe are different. And so, you know, we need to work with them on a government to government level in the Skagit and in the North Sound region where I do most of my work, we do have really strong relationships with our co-managers. And this plan is a key example of that. We would not be fishing on the Skagit and Sock if it wasn't for the leadership of the upper Skagit tribe, the Sock Seattle tribe and the Swinomish tribe. Mm -hmm. They have been right there with us in the development of this plan. If you go on our website or NOAA Fisheries website and read this management plan, it has their names at the top for a reason. They were right there with us the whole way and they do fish just like we do. You know, if you are out there on the sock or the Skagit this winter and you run into a tribal fisherman, give them some space, give them some respect. They're out there for the same reasons we are and we would not be fishing without them. So when you look at that 10 year plan, we think it's a real model for good co-management and conservation-oriented steelhead fisheries. It has a stepped regime. So depending on the size of the run, there's a different allowable allowable harvest rate for all the fisheries. And so that's our catch and release fishery, which does have some mortality. It's sure. the tribal fisheries. And then it's also, we have to reserve some of our impacts and as do the tribes for those popular spring Chinook and sockeye mm -hmm. fisheries on the Skagit right. where some yep. steelhead are encountered. So if you look at that plan, I've got it up right now. When it's under 4,000 fish, we're not having the winter fishery. Mm -hmm. You know, we're reserving mm -hmm. those impacts for the springer fishery, for the sockeye fishery. But years like this, where it's between 4,001 and 6,000 fish, there's a 10% allowable impact rate. Okay. And so that's from our catch and release fisheries. It's also from the tribal fisheries. There's a lot more detail in that plan, including some of the numbers that, that break down, you know, what, what it might look like depending on each run size. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I can't give you exactly how sure. many fish that are going to harvest or what their net schedule can be. Right. But I can tell you that that 10% allowable harvest rate 
for this run size. And it gets a little bigger if the run size gets bigger. Sure. That is something that we believe is, is totally sustainable. We believe it's science-based and we believe it's a good model for potentially other watersheds. We'd like to take this management plan that we developed with the tribes for the Skagit and the federal scientists at NOAA approved and maybe in the future apply it to some other watersheds. Perfect. Fantastic. Okay, don't go anywhere. Jump out for a quick break. We come back. We want to talk about a couple of maybe broodstock programs happening in North Puget Sound that folks may not be familiar with. If we have time, we want to delve into a little bit of techniques and tactics that you might use on these wild fish up there in that region. So jump out for a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in studio here with Chase Gunnell right after the break. Right here, Fish on Northwest. New days. New beginnings. New friends. New loves. New dreams. New goals, new scenery, new job. No matter what the next chapter holds, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate will be there to help you find the new that's right for your lifestyle at any stage of your life. Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. Expect better. All right, welcome back here to the program. Dwayne England, Tommy Donlan, and Chase Gunnell. Uh, Chase, so North Puget Sound Rivers, we kind of covered a few weeks ago. We had Bonner Daniels uh, on the show and, and covered those fisheries quite extensively. Um, there's still a little time to get in on the action as some of those rivers will be closing here at the end of January, but we got this atmospheric river, so who knows, right? Uh, but let's update uh, folks on, we're going to jump, jump forward here. Let's update them on the Sky Comish with the Integrated Broodstock Hatchery Summer Run Program. You have my attention. <laughs> yeah, a lot of work went into that program as well. Folks probably saw quite a bit of news about it over the years, but those fish are coming back. That program is moving forward. We have had some restrictions on that fishery, not because of the integrated steelhead that are coming back, the, the mix of wild summer runs and um, the, the output from that hatchery at Reader, but because of the need to protect ESA listed summer Chinook. And so unfortunately, gotcha. the Skykomish was shut down a lot of last summer, but that doesn't mean those fish weren't coming back. And that doesn't mean there won't be fisheries in the future. I know that our fish program is working really hard on preserving more impacts for Skykomish Chinook this summer with the mm -hmm. hope of getting that fishery back open, both for spring Chinook on the sky and for those summer runs. And we're really excited about that program. And again, it's a good model for how do we operate an integrated broodstock program on a Puget Sound River. And I think, you know, when people think broodstock, maybe they think what Oregon has done or mm -hmm. even what we've done for some of our chum salmon programs. And that's that's not what Puget Sound steelhead brooder stock is going to look like, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. These fish are still listed under the Endangered Species right. Act. We have co-manager requirements that we have to meet. But that mm -hmm. doesn't mean we can't do integrated broodstock programs as long as we've got the science to back it up and we've got a stock to draw from that doesn't contribute too much take to that protected wild population. So gotcha. Skykomish is a good example of that. And then we've also got a program down in the Green River that mm -hmm. folks may not have heard of that we're pretty excited about. Yeah, so speak speak to that because I had no idea that the right. Green River had a broodstock program for steelhead. Right. It was not even on my radar. Yep, and part of that is that there's not a late winter fishery down there yet, so it is a little bit under the radar. Mm. But we have a wild steelhead integrated broodstock program for winter fish on the Green, and the hope is that that's going to bump up the 
run there that that late winter wild steelhead run and then down the road as we see some recovery on the green there's good habitat on the green anyone who's fished the upper river i did a lot of fishing there when i was younger there's still good steelhead habitat up there and if yeah, we can get sure. some more fish coming back to that habitat down the road maybe we can see some more fisheries there we do have the the what they call the segregated programs or what folks might know is the chambers creek steelhead stock the early run steelhead stock we do still have quite a few smolts going out from a number of systems the stillaguamish the nooksack skycomish in the winter and i really encourage folks you know don't write off puget sound steelhead just yet bookmark the wdfw steelhead smolt stocking webpage if you put it into google it'll come right up and you can see the annual smolt clients for each region there's still some opportunity, as Bonner was talking about last week, there's still some opportunity in the Puget Sound region if you know where to look and if you put the time in. Yeah. So further down the road, we have a lot of hope that we might be able to roll out some more of these integrated broodstock programs and try to not only help rebuild the runs, but also increase the fishing opportunity. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of work, though. Yeah. Hell yeah. Excellent point. Hey, real quick before we go here, Chase, you know, uh, the the... The constant messaging coming from community and, and you know, at meetings and whatnot uh, for a number of years has been, hey, we would really like more transparency out of DFW. We really feel like we're not getting the full message here. And as of late, it seems like there's really been an effort and a push for town halls, much more blogged information you find online, okay? Um, seems to be more effort of interaction with community. And uh, again, you know, this up and coming uh, January 31st, I believe, the town hall, the, the virtual town hall to recap last year's season on Puget Sound and the salmon and, and what happened and moving forward. So there seems to be a lot more effort um, with the, you know, with communication as a whole, is that coming from your division and other communication divisions? And speak a little on that before we get out of here. Yeah, that town hall is on January 30th. And I okay. want to remind folks, you have to register in advance for that one. We've got a lot of folks that want to tune in. So check that out if you're interested in Puget Sound salmon. The link's on our website. But, you know, Department of Fish and Wildlife has what we call a communications and public engagement work unit. This is a restructured team that I'm a part of and my team is part of that has our marketing team, our hunter education team, some folks like myself that were formerly in the public affairs unit. And we know that we really we, we need to catch up when it comes to our public relations. We yeah. need to be more engaging, more transparent, more communicative. And we've been working hard to do that. If you look at our newsroom and see all the different blogs on Brant and Elk and, um, you know, what is an Endangered Species Act listing and how does that compare to a state protection? That information is there and we're really doing what we can to try to roll out more of it to help show folks, you know, you, you may not like all of the regulations or the, the rules that we put out. I'm a fisherman. I don't like all of them, but we want you to know the why. We want, we want you right. to understand, you know, where we're coming from, why we feel like these conservation measures are required or how they relate to federal rules like the Endangered Species Act, how they relate to our co-management requirements. And that town hall you mentioned is a great example of that. So my team, the bigger team that we're a part of, We've been working hard to try to get the message out there and to try to be more transparent and more engaging with our public. And I think there's a lot more to come along on that front. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah you guys amen. have really stepped up the game, right, Tommy? And yeah, uh, for we sure. appreciate the effort. I know it's time consuming. It takes a while to get the messaging out there, but 
I think you guys are making a difference. I really do. So, hey, appreciate you taking time this evening, Chase. Great, uh, great information to cover with you as always. And uh, I'm sure I'll keep you on the speed dial because things constantly rear their ugly head uh, in around DFW at times that we need to be on top of. So, again, appreciate your efforts, buddy, and uh, have a great evening. Thanks, Chase. Yeah, reach out anytime. Thanks, guys. You got it. Yep, Chase Canal doing good things with DFW, and uh, we appreciate his efforts and look forward to taking an opportunity up there on the Skagit Sock. Uh, after we get through the sportsman show, Tommy. That's so, right. It's all right, jump out for a quick break. We got a, a few bits of information we need to throw at you when we come back from that right here, Fish Out Northwest. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years. Arima boats are manufactured with pride in Bremerton, Washington. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why Arima boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. Arima can offer every boat with Honda outboard packages so that you can take advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard. Call or stop by Arima Boats today and let them help you get into your very next boat. All right, welcome back in studio. Time is winding down, Thomas, but uh, we got some clam digs they just announced again, right? And I'm actually going for the first time in my Are life. You really? I'm going to do razor clamming. Atta yes, boy. yes, Finally. I'm going. Welcome. Yeah, so we got we got some clams co- clam digs coming up. January 23rd start all the way through the 28th. Um, evening tides, Long Beach, Twin Harbors, Copalis, Mocrox. Make sure you check your regulations. Uh, dress warm. I'm going to see how tough my kids are, one and a half and yes. three and a half year old. Perfect. We're going to get them bundled up and put them out in the atmospheric river to yes. look for look for razor clams. So it's going to be good. It's going to be a little wet digging clams. It's going to be a little wet if you're doing anything. Weather updates here. Pay attention. So we do have another atmospheric river coming. Yeah. The, the, the height of the storm is really going to hit us uh, days one and two of the Sportsman Show. So I can't think of any better place to be than down there at the Washington Sportsman Show in Puyallup because it is torrential downpour for a couple days. The rivers are absolutely going to jump up, and it'll be a slow descent down. On the backside, the, the, the Sportsman Show ends February 4th. The rivers are on the decline about mm-hmm. 4, 5, 6. Probably get back into fishing uh, somewhere around 10, 11, 12. So you got more than enough time to join us at the Sportsman Show, which, again, is January 31st through February 4th. My Bait Lab presentation will be Thursday, February 1st at 3 p.m. Talking all bait, Tommy. Going to cure anything people want us to cure. I'm bringing the, bringing the gamut with me. Mm-hmm. And we'll cover it all as far as, you know, ask your questions. I'm going to help you with your problems. If you're having issues, if we need to toughen up your eggs for fall fishing, we got, we got the ways to do that. And uh, going to bring it all there and uh, come see us at the booth. Tons of stuff. I mean... A plethora. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, booth number 569. Of course, you have uh, boat show seminars. That's right. Boat show seminars, four days worth, starting February 2nd. Go to the Seattle Boat Show website, and you'll see all the dates and times and topics. Perfect. It's all there. Yep. yep. We're going to be very busy, but uh, well worth it. Okay. Unfortunately, jump out for a quick break. We'll come back and close out the show right here Fish on Northwest. The Fives Marine is the one-stop shop for the Pacific Northwest Angler. Defiance Marine guarantees the best price on a new and best service on a repower for your current boat. Defiance Marine is a Honda premier dealership and one of the largest on the West Coast. Defiance Marine is a boat dealer who proudly sells Defiance, Allied, and Arima boats. All boats are built by West Coast fishermen for West Coast fishermen. Defiance Marine has all your boating needs to help you get out on the water. All right, welcome back here in the studio as we wind it down. So, uh, doing... Egg curing mm-hmm. at the Sportsman Show this time of year. It's not like you're getting fresh roe. No. So I found an outlet. A friend of mine uh, for quite some time, Kerry Hoffman, he's a guide, a phenomenal guide, great angler, 
very good at carrying his baits and whatnot, and he is getting frozen coho eggs out of Alaska. Now these are caught wow. commercially, and then they, you know, they cut the gill on the fish and they flush the water through them. Yeah. So it yep. flushes the water, not just gets for quality of meat, right? But yep. it also gets it out of all the veins of the fish, a high percentage yeah. of it out of the veins of the fish, uh, out of the eggs. So if you're looking for quality frozen coho eggs to cure, and I'm gonna show you how to cure frozen, thaw eggs out and freeze them, either dry process or wet brine during the bait curing seminar. Uh, look him up, Kerry Hoffman, look him up on Facebook or simply call him at 206-919-1266. Go ahead, throw that slide back up there, Jordan. 206-919-1266. Quality, quality coho eggs for curing. And he sells them uh, so much per, per gallon Ziploc there. Each gallon Ziploc's a couple, three pounds or something. But very reasonably priced and uh, good quality bait yeah. for this time of the year. Yeah. And it's what I'm going to be using in, in the seminar. Right, and it's nice that they're blood. I mean, I know how you talk about, you know, taking your knife mm -hmm. and getting all the blood out of the mm -hmm. skein, right? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, with these, they've, they've, that's, that process has already happened. Part of it, yeah. yeah. So you may find a little bit in some of them. And one thing I have discovered over the years of curing so much bait is uh, I, if I get some eggs that have some blood in there that just can't seem to get quite out or uh -huh. I just don't want to deal with it, I, I result to a uh, wet brine. And a yeah, wet brine okay. seems to, mm -hmm. when the salts and sugars get in there and start expanding those eggs and whatnot, it seems to actually flush a okay. high percentage of the blood okay. out of those eggs. And so yeah. I can go over that during the bait curing seminar. We can cure coon shrimp to my recipe, my number one recipe that's Perfect. been used for by so many people over the years. Um, we you, brine, you bring in kokanee to brine those for halibut? Uh, Didn't cover I that. could. Yeah, you I could. Good in the freezer. All right. They're in the bait freezer. Uh, I right. also have, uh, we're going to talk herring and anchovy. A lot of guys struggle with anchovies. Like, how do you toughen yeah. them up? Well, yeah. you can, only to a point. Right. And what you don't, blows you out don't want to make them leather, right? No. What blows out on our anchovy, uh, Tommy? It's the butt. The belly, right? Yeah. Just, just kind of dismantles and comes apart. So, um, but, you know, that's the, that's the idea behind this year's curing seminar. One, bring your mm -hmm. questions. Two, I will get you a contact and we'll have this information at the show there to, uh, if you're looking for eggs to get ready, you know, springer season's not that far away. Yeah. So you gotta get curing your eggs for springer season. So there's gonna be a lot to cover, lots to go over. Uh, I'm gonna help you uh, solve your issues in the seminar and hopefully send you away with, uh, well, a 15% off coupon to everything in our booth. Perfect. So you wanna take advantage of that. Uh, man, that's gonna do it for us. We are out of time. So much fun tonight. Thanks to Chase Gunnell for joining us. Have a great week. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week, actually, down in Puyallup at the Washington Sportsman Show. Take care until then. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish on Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the Bait Lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, and finally, go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.